Thank you for joining me for this second episode of Executive Track. My name is Faith Abiodun. A couple years ago, I came across a 2011 Harvard Business Review article by Priscilla Clamon. It was titled, Choose Your Boss Wisely. The central thesis of the article and several others like it that I have read is that the right manager will largely control your assignments and your work environment. And if you strike gold, the right manager will equally coach you and give you the kind of feedback that can set your career on course. But if you fall on tough luck, your manager could crush you. They could demean your existence or they could drive you completely out of an organization. And so I guess that's what they mean when they say your first boss matters more than your first job. So Inc. Magazine published an article in 2018 titled Why Finding a Great Boss is More Important Than Finding the Perfect Job. The writer said, a great boss isn't just someone who knows their business and can delegate as easily as breathing. They're not just a decision maker, they're a teacher, a mentor, someone who can show you your flaws and strengths and who is willing to put their own reputation on the line to recommend you to others. A person who encourages you and gives you the resources to turn confidence into legitimate, desirable product. The truth is that very few of us will ever get the chance to choose our first boss, or any of our bosses actually. When you're seeking for a job, you're probably crossing your fingers and hoping that someone will be gracious enough to think that your resume means something and that your previous experiences or lack thereof do not stand in the way of what you could become. So how can you practice this principle of choosing your bosses wisely when in actual fact you can't really choose your bosses? Is it possible to get the best out of every working relationship or at least to get as good as you can get? I once had a boss who had a boss whom no one liked. And whenever the big boss came from, you know, in quote, headquarters, my boss was a mess. He had no clue what to do with himself. You know, he often looked confused, disoriented, frankly, underwhelming. And whether it was the need to demonstrate some bravado after the departure of the big boss, or whether it was an attempt to re-establish his territory, I could never really tell, but my boss demonstrated some tendencies that just didn't seem right. I mean, he would order the interns to go buy his lunch when everyone else wanted to pick their lunch and the office was just a couple meters away from the, from the lunch space. He would demand things at the top of his voice, you know, when he could have adopted a softer tone, really. In all honesty, I didn't feel much inspired by this particular boss of mine and I didn't shed any tears when I eventually left the company. And so I guess inspiration is one of the emotions that you want to feel from a person who is leading you. As a young employee making your way in the corporate world, you look up to your manager as someone who has gone ahead of you and you want to feel as though their job could be yours someday. You want to admire the way they carry themselves, you want to observe the way they conduct meetings, the way you see them collaborate with other managers and the way they conduct one-to-one conversations, you, you want to be proud of them when they're commended by the CEO for stellar performance. You want to know that you can model 
your own style after them. As an employee, you want to have a boss who is real with you. Someone who is approachable, someone who is relatable, and someone who is honest with you. I mean, of course, you must not confuse that for someone who is simply soft and incapable of direct confrontation if the occasion demands it. But you also want someone who doesn't lose their mind every time you're a minute late for work. Some of the attributes that I have admired in the managers that I've had have included their camaraderie and their warmth, the genuine demonstration of interest in me and in my growth. You see, when you're a young employee, nothing feels as good as an honest conversation with a manager whom you admire, where they give you insight into how an organization works, they give you insight into how you can learn to navigate the corporate environment. I recall one such conversation with one of my bosses several years ago, in which they pointed out some senior managers in other departments who were big fans of my work. And they encouraged me to invest in those relationships. And they equally gave me a hint of other senior managers who were not totally convinced about me at the time. And they gave me ideas about how to work on my charm offensive. It was mind-blowing stuff. Because at the time, I had completely mixed everything up. I'd assumed one person to be firmly in my corner. Meanwhile, that was the person whom I needed to work on. While the person that I wasn't really quick to smile at was totally impressed with me. And that kind of insight in a corporate environment was gold. But I guess I also had to be the kind of trustworthy employee whom my manager could share those kind of insights with. You know, I hated the very notion of office politics and the idea that I needed to charm my way into recognition, you know. But a great manager can help you deal with those kinds of fears. I'm currently reading a book, uh, Tough Love, by former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice. At the end of the 16th chapter, she notes a set of reflections from one of the most difficult episodes in her career. She commented on the feedback that she received from those who knew her and those who loved her. And they said that being good and right is not enough. Sometimes merit is not enough. You need people who will go the extra mile for you, she was told. You have to cultivate sponsors, champions, even rabbis in advance. When people see that you are under fire, you need them to jump in fast and be willing to battle on your behalf. When I read that, it resonated so deeply with me. Because I consider it to be one of the lessons that I did not come naturally into. It didn't come intuitively to me, but I'm grateful that I've learned this lesson with the good guidance of two of my managers who taught me about this aspect of office politics and the unintended consequences that it can have in a person's career trajectory. You see, I'm one of those guys who prefers to let my work speak for me. I didn't realize earlier that I also needed someone to speak for me so that my work has a slightly bigger audience when it eventually speaks for itself. I've been fortunate to have champions in my life who enabled me to gain recognition for the good work that I was doing. And I can only imagine how differently my career would have been without them. And so what can you do when you don't have the privilege of choosing your boss or when you don't even know what to look for in a boss? 
I'll share three pieces of advice. Firstly, if you're considering taking a job and you're not sure who your boss will be, take the job anyway. I firmly believe that there are enough lessons to be learned in every situation, even the really bad ones. I mean, you certainly will not be learning any lessons about the corporate environment if you remain unemployed. I mean, except, of course, you have tangible reasons to be worried about your physical safety or your mental health by working with someone whose reputation precedes them. And while on the job, you got to maintain a habit of keeping a journal about your experiences, reflecting on what you're doing well, how you're aligning your current work to your growth ambitions, and the skills that you're developing. Even if your manager is not the mentor from your dreams, make sure you are developing for yourself a clear picture of your future. Secondly, design a learning agenda and seek feedback. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to be deliberate about your own growth journey. I've seen countless employees who are simply content with earning a paycheck and doing the bare minimum while complaining that there aren't enough opportunities for advancement in the workplace. Well, (laughs) certainly not with that attitude. You need to look two or three steps ahead of you and figure out what skills your superiors are utilizing in their daily work and begin to cultivate those skills. Take a free course online. Take a paid course if you have to. Volunteer to serve on a project committee. Put up your hand for extra work. And don't forget to ask for feedback on your work. You will not believe how far you will go with those simple steps. And what bold steps you take today can put you on track for promotion. By demonstrating to people that you're willing to get stuck in, you're lifting yourself literally from where you are to where you could be. And thirdly, Find champions within the organization, even if it's outside your department. This is one of the least tapped benefits of working in a corporate environment. You have the opportunity to find mentors, even if you're unfortunate to have a mentor in your own boss. Walk across the hall, introduce yourself to that manager in another department. Ask if they'll be willing to sit with you during your lunch break you will likely find fresh perspectives from chatting with another manager who's not your line manager because they can provide you with advice on your work, how to manage your relationships with your boss or with your colleagues. They could guide you in accessing opportunities internally or externally. Or they could just lend you a listening ear for whatever's on your mind. And one day, when you need a recommendation, that connection might come in handy. So, remember... Whatever you do, you have to be networking, you have to be learning, and you have to be moving forward. By all means, choose your boss if it works out for you. But if not, be prepared to put in the work for yourself. I trust that you found this episode to be insightful. Please feel free to drop me a message. Let me know what resonated with you. Let me know where you are in your career path and what challenges you're working to overcome. And do me a favor, please share this podcast with a friend or two and invite them to listen as well. I'm convinced that the journey feels much shorter when we travel together. Until next time, thank you for joining me on the executive track.